Hello everybody and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. Today I have a pretty fun salad that has berries and fruit. Specifically, it has bananas, green apple, blueberries, strawberries, almonds, and cashew butter. There might be something else hidden in there, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Here we go. Mmm, I love me some fruit, some berries, and some nuts. But it's been a while since we've done a fruit salad. I think it's been about a hundred episodes. I have been kind of sleepy today. It was one of those mornings where I really did not want to get out of bed. But if there is anything that a berry bowl can do, it is put some wind in your sails. And from my limited knowledge of nutrition and berries, I think it has something to do with the antioxidants. Recently, Casey blended and then froze a concoction of blueberries, strawberries, and coconut milk and made a puree-type ice cream dessert that was really good. So that was delicious. I'm done with it. I did my fair share of spoon licking to make sure I got as much cashew butter as I possibly could. And the thing that I want to talk about today is, again, the coronavirus. It's something that we've not talked about on this podcast for a while because, honestly, my opinions on it are incredibly negative or have turned negative, at least for most people's sensibilities. And I don't know. It's been politicized. I can't tell you what everybody thinks. I can give you a general idea of how I believe the people around me feel. And I think that most young people around me are brainwashed by liberal media or being disingenuous. And the old people I know are brainwashed by conservative media and Maybe they are right, but for the wrong reasons. And I know that that seems very centrist of me or whatever. I just don't know what people want. I think that older people want to just return to work, and they don't think that this virus is serious enough to have justified any of the reaction it's gotten. I believe that they felt that way before stay-at-home orders were the norm and social distancing was the term of the year. They basically heard the early news that it only affected old people and ran with it, using that as an excuse to justify their belief that work should go on as normal. And things have changed on a week-to-week -week basis with this. From the beginning, before it was widely known in America, I thought it was a really big deal virus that we had the potential to see a plague, and I applauded it, admittedly. I wanted mass death on the scale of the Black Death, bubonic plague. Sadly, that's not what we've gotten. This is, as it turns out, a very mild flu. And that is controversial to people, at least people my age. They don't think that this was just a regular, degular flu. They do still think it's super deadly, and they need to be worried about it all the time. And you see a mixture of people who are black and extra worried about it because they've heard that it affects black people twice as much. 
when in reality there's more to be gleaned from those statistics than just it's deadlier to black people. Additionally, overweight people who are now the majority in America. I hope you guys know that. There was a recent study that showed 30% of Americans are obese. And if you know about bell curves, that puts overweight in the solid majority. Of course, obese people do have something to worry about, just like smokers did in China, which is why this seems deadlier than it is. You've heard from states like New York that the number one contributing factor to morbidity is obesity as opposed to the coronavirus. But the average death age of a corona victim is higher than the normal death age, which is something like 76, which, especially in countries like Sweden, where they had herd immunity strategies, but then they have a higher per capita death rate than everywhere else. The media latches onto that higher per capita death rate, but what they don't tell you is that Sweden is very low population density, and they had a couple of senior living facilities get absolutely devastated by the coronavirus. I think that some people would like you to believe that they really truly care about those old people and those obese people, and even if they don't believe that they are going to get sick. They really want you to believe that they want to keep other people safe. I'm going to go out on a limb and accuse those people of lying. They have either the world's largest bleeding hearts or they're acting in their own interest, which there's nothing wrong with acting in your own interest. I think that really their motivation is not returning to work. I think I've said that before. People don't want to go back to their terrible jobs, and they want this thing to cripple the economy if truly what they gain is the ability to work from home or even another week or two of not having to commute. Guys, I think that's justified. I 110% agree with those goals. We've seen this highlighted with the Tesla-Elon Musk debacle, his argument with Alameda County. You have on one side people who think that this is absolutely terrible to want to resume business and put people's lives at risk. You have on the other side people who understand the virus and know that they're realistically not putting any more lives at risk than they would be if they were operating under normal flu conditions. That's what I believe, anyway. And it's what the science suggests. You also have people like Anthony Fauci, who have just recently, in the last week, gone out and said that it is too late to think masks are doing any good, at least in protecting people. They might hinder the spread of the virus, but it's already at a saturation point. You're not putting the cat back in the bag, and these masks are just silly now. People are getting publicly shamed. Places are not allowing you to go in without a mask. And then you go in and you see people wearing masks that are below their nose, touching their face. People driving around with masks, couples where one of the people doesn't have a mask and the other one does. It's all nonsense, and it's done a lot to lower my appraisal of the human species. I really, truly can't emphasize enough how I believe that the people who are virtue signaling here, who want you to believe that it's justified because this is the worst virus of our lifetime, they just want the world to change. They have a justified socialist agenda. 
I think that there's a lot to be said for the legitimacy of working from home, obviously. That's been a pet cause of mine for years. There is a lot to be said for how money is imaginary. And if the government can print money and give it to everyone in such large quantities, they're almost obliged to do so, especially in a world where the proliferation of BS jobs is at an all-time high, and so many people simply don't think it's worth going to an office to waste a day so that this imaginary financial system can keep moving decimals around to different accounts. It's not worth risking their grandparents' life, and that's fair. But now, we're not talking about your grandparents' life anymore. If they couldn't handle the coronavirus, they almost surely couldn't handle a regular flu, and the numbers don't support the hysteria. I wonder how long it'll be before we return to normal. If we do return to normal, remember that we still have to take our shoes off in airports, even though the TSA has not caught any terrorists ever. It is a terrible, bloated, and disgusting blight on freedom, and now we are going to see more and more of that, whether it's cell phone tracking or whatever else. In other news, on the flip side, we've seen Twitter announce that it will never return from work from home. That's fantastic. I think that's the new norm for technology companies, and it should be the new norm for almost every company. At this point, if you are paying a lease on a commercial building and you're not manufacturing, you almost deserve to go out of business. And we should start to see those kinds of buildings turned into more affordable housing because that's just the way we're going to have to move the numbers around. Either way, I've been thinking lately that the coronavirus and the response to it will forever be a litmus test. If I suspect someone of being not so bright, I will just ask them if they believe that the coronavirus response was justified. And if they say yes, then there you have it. Not to say that social response, business response, and local response was not justified, but not allowing people to leave their home, take the risks, go shopping, etc. That's a little bit ridiculous. Anyway, I'm still unpacking some of this, as I guess a lot of people are. Maybe it'll be a good reminder of how I felt about this ordeal at this very moment, as opposed to how I felt about it in January when we first started talking about it, when it was only affecting China. And on that note, I think I'll just end by saying China as a construct, not the individual peoples of China, but the Communist Party, the CCP, and the businesses of China should be paying out some reparations in the form of punitive measures, in the form of sanctions, tariffs, whatever it has to be. I don't want to see another plague or sickness, SARS, COVID, swine flu, whatever kind of flu come out of China and affect the rest of the world again. And they are to blame, again, not just the Chinese people or ethnically Chinese people who are all over the world and not confined solely to China, whether it be Taiwan, Hong Kong, or all these other places. China and its systems deserve to be punished. I know a lot of people who will be trying to not buy Chinese products, and I think that that is the ethically right thing to do. On that, guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope you stay healthy. I hope that you throw away your face masks or donate them to a hospital, but don't wear them out. And eat a salad, drink some water, because the best thing you can do for yourself is not be obese. Please come again tomorrow. Thank you very much.